Hello and welcome to Last Time On. This is the podcast for people who want to watch all this prestige television, but who's got time for all this stuff? I don't remember tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, baby. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm Ben. And I'm Victor. I thought some Stevie Ray Vaughan would be appropriate since all, okay. all the extras in this episode are dressed like Stevie Ray Vaughan. So. Yeah. Well, hey, guys. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We're, we're Merry recording on Christmas. Cri- an early Christmas Eve morn right now before we all go our ways to our uh, families. Listener, you'll be listening to this well after. So happy new year while we're at it. But yeah. Happy 2024. <laughs> Hope everyone enjoyed the holiday season however you choose to do so speaking of choosing to do so we have a choice to make right now because we're going to do another (laughs) fan recast we're talking dan jackson here our our chief scientist and i can go ahead and start us off if y'all need a minute start us off i have been consuming a certain type of media lately that has definitely influenced this decision. And by a certain type of media, I mean Jeremy Allen White, who is my pick for this recast. I watched The Iron Claw in theaters yesterday and openly wept, which is rare for me, let alone in a movie theater. And knowing how sad, like we literally, you know, my partner and I, we brought tissues because we knew that that was going to be a sad ass movie. I mean, they took a whole dead brother out of that movie, and it was still real sad. Two. Two dead brothers. <laughs> no. No, just one dead brother. They only took no. out one dead brother. There oh was the God, one who died when he was movie. five. Yeah, he's in the movie, Ben. Oh, okay. But they don't... Yeah. Do they, they talk about it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> he was not he in any of the promotional more material. More than once. I, yeah, I'm... Just, a, well, it's because he's five. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he got comes up in the movie a couple of times. He comes up in the movie three times, I think. But they combine two of the brothers into one for the two. Yeah, it's real fucking sad. And also, I've been watching The Bear. And so I think Dan Jackson, I think someone who needs to be able to be a little neurotic. I need someone who can list off a bunch of shit that I don't understand and make it make sense to me. Not necessarily like I actually understand it, but make it sound like it makes sense. And I see him do that in The Bear with when he's talking about cooking stuff. (laughs) <laughs> and we need to see that in SG-1 when he's talking about science stuff. And then we also need someone who low-key is super buff. Like, have you, you, know have what? you checked right. out? He, he's low-key. He's built. He, um, he really is, yeah. <laughs> and so Jeremy Allen White also low-key, having just watched him rip his shirt off after doing a keg stand in the Iron Claw, is built. So I think he'd be a really good pick for that. And also it's just... You know, the only actor I've seen in the last 24 hours besides Zac Efron. So can we pause for just one second? I'm sorry. <laughs> my cat just shit on the fucking carpet. I got to deal with Bo- this. God damn it. No. Oh, God. Bad kitty. Nippins. I'm really okay. sorry about that. I just no worries, dude. This little this little bastard, this guy right here. Just, oh, he <laughs> he was right over in the corner where I couldn't see him. I couldn't see oh, what he that's was the doing. Best place to poop. But yeah. and and then suddenly it just hit my nose and I'm like, you son of a bitch. I was just like, ah. I'm doing my best, my best Nippins face. <laughs> oh, Nippins. Awesome. So I apologize for that. Okay. No worries. So, That's what editing is for. Yeah, I mean you're <laughs> gonna edit this one. So Okay, cool. So um Jeremy Allen White, yeah. I I'm actually not too familiar with him, but he is in one of my favorite recent horror movies that was kind of under the radar. He was in I was looking him up on IMDb. He was in The Rental, which I freaking love that movie. I didn't recognize the name at first, but that's where I know him from. (laughs) Ben, I can go next. So we need someone who can, for Dan Jackson, we need somebody who can monologue. We need somebody who can 
can straight faced give you in what would normally be just completely absurd dialogue and <laughs> do it believably, do it understandably. I also want somebody who we're going to have O'Neill. We're going to have Teal. They are going to be visually our, our tough, tough characters, even <laughs> Carter to a bit. So I did, I didn't want somebody to like as jacked as, Oh, I for, I already forgot the name of the bear. The bear guy, Jeremy Allen White. Jeremy, yeah, <laughs> I want I want somebody more wiry. So <laughs> my pick is Danny Pudi. Oh yeah, Danny Pudi. Good call. I'm gonna have to Google that one as well. Danny uh, Abed from Community. I haven't seen much of Community. Okay, have I recognize seen the Mystic Quest. I have not seen. That He's one great either. in Mystic <laughs> Quest. Oh, Say, have you so. seen DuckTales? But uh, he's a duck, <laughs> so... <laughs> he was also... Apparently, he had a part in Star Trek Beyond. He played a character named Fija. I'm guessing that was an alien. So the apostrophe in there, and that's Star Trek language for I'm an alien when you have an apostrophe in your name. <laughs> and he's in the Marvel movies. He's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in the background, I think. Oh, cool. Because the Russo brothers, before they were making Marvel movies, were directors for Community. And so most oh, wow. of the actors on Community have cameos in the MCU. That explains a lot. All right. Well, for my pick, so going back to what Jafar said about someone neurotic, however, my pick is not. I'm I'm going more off of the James Spader, Daniel Jackson, who is who is definitely not jacked and not built like Jeremy Allen White and our current Daniel Jackson, but definitely neurotic, definitely wiry. My pick is William Jackson Harper who was mm. who's famous for Cheaty on The Good Place. And he also had a role in the most recent Ant-Man movie. He can definitely pull off neurotic. And I think he had the exact same glasses that Daniel Jackson on SG-1 wears in, <laughs> in The Good Place. Oh, and he's also a Dallas, Texas native. So he's my neighbor, apparently. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to put these up on the research lab. This is just for fun. We're doing this recast just for fun no contest or anything but Jafar's freaking winning the fans all voted for katie sackoff as o'neill mm -hmm. and tig nataro as teal so that's our dream team cast so far <laughs> <laughs> well wait, wait. we do have a game in the predictions that does count for something that the research lab has been helping us out with mm -hmm. if you don't stick around till the end of the episodes to hear that i'll give them another shout out now and I was, I'm in there paying attention to this most recent poll and they haven't voted something. Yes. That is proven right. This episode. Yeah. I'm and starting to, I noticed that as well. I'm starting uh, to think the internet might not be the most 100% accurate place to get information from. <laughs> what was proven right this episode, Jafar? <laughs> that they find a world with a late 18th, early 19th mm -hmm. century civilization. Mm -hmm. They're in a Wild West world, which is one yeah. of the exact things I called <laughs> out as a possibility when making this prediction last week. Mm -hmm. The problem here, Jafar, is <laughs> yes, ben. you framed that around, we've seen people with swords, we've seen people with laser guns, I want to see people with muskets. They don't have no muskets. They got laser guns. <laughs> they still have future tech. They just live in old-timey houses. <laughs> Everything else about their society is eight. I know. I'm more just like 19th century. One, I'm busting your balls, so. but two, I'm just mad. Not a single person had a six shooter. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give me, <laughs> give me, give me cowboy guns. Yeah. I would have appreciated well, some cowboy guns with this episode. We don't get those, but we do get a whole bunch of other things in America's history that we don't want to talk about in <laughs> season five, episode seven, beast of burden. <laughs> Beast of Burden. We open on an alien eating a cliff bar. Yep. Uh, <laughs> left as bait by a bunch of cowboys with gold weapons. Well, I had just had to stop and be like, the fuck is going on in this show? That is somewhat of a throwback to the original movie as well, because Daniel Jackson famously made communication first contact with the people on the alien planet using, I think it was a fifth Avenue bar and he like <laughs> opened it up and unwrapped it and handed it to their leader. And he was like, funny way, funny way. And they're like, what does that mean? Like, I don't know. It looks like he likes it. So, so I'm guessing they couldn't get the sponsorship from fifth Avenue to carry over to the, <laughs> to the series and just use the generic uh, clip bar with no wrapper. 
But uh, I think it was Daniel Jackson who left that. But anyway, I'm getting yeah. ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we find out it was Daniel Jackson who left that Cliff Bar later in the episode. Yeah, the, yeah, the Cowboys used it as as bait for this uh, this creature, and they immediately tased him with uh, and with the snake phaser. We've seen this a few times before, and I've just been calling it the snake phaser. But watching this episode, I found out what it's actually called. Oh, oh okay. the actual name of that weapon is. And I could I couldn't believe it. It's been right in front of me the whole time. It's the snazer. The- <laughs> I'm calling it the snazer. <laughs> you got yeah, snazed. That's-, <laughs> that's good. It's good. One thing I did notice this this episode, it, it in certain shots it looks way more phallic than snake. And I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> running around with a weird wang normal. gun. Yeah, it's 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 kind of curvy. I mean, I didn't... <laughs> yours doesn't double back. That's yeah, the deluxe model, right? <laughs> and that's how we find out, find out Ben has a duck penis. All right, so we come back from Wonder commercial. You're so popular with the ladies. And here we thought you were all quack. Anyways, uh, we come back from commercial, and uh, DJ reports back, uh, and we learn some more about the Unis. They do come in an ungauled flavor like shaka here <laughs> who we learned had previously kidnapped dj that was interesting yeah. the way they just casually dropped it it was like oh yeah that's the guy who kidnapped you that one time <laughs> <Daniel>. <laughs> i'm <laughs> just sad that this means that there have been other unis episodes and i don't think they have gone into the anthropology of we found the one unis who was as we've established last time on of the time in their development pre-pants <laughs> the Unis we see now are post pants technology. Well, the 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 Unis in this episode are all being used as cattle, and but even the like, one that they can't capture, Chaka, he is he you is know on clothes. his homeworld yeah, wearing pants. True. Yeah, how but, did he? Never mind. I don't want to know how he got those pants. <laughs> well, Jafar, we'll hop on her. No. What the hell happened? But I got the band. How do you get those bands? <laughs> uh, when Dan Jackson was kidnapped, he was just hanging dong the entire time. <laughs> and, and I do mean like, so Chaka was hanging dong, right? And then Dan Jackson's like, you got to put that thing away and gave him pants. And Dan oh, Jackson is actually known as the pantsman in Una's society. That's, that, that's what they call him. Because of his gift of pants. Yes. Oh, man. I no longer is life just a giant unsolicited dick pic for <laughs> Unas. Thanks and to Dan Jackson. It's a weird alien dong that he was hanging to. It's probably like uh, weird alien stuff going on. there. <laughs> I mean, statistically speaking, probably. It'd be weird if it wasn't an alien dong. <laughs> that, that, that'd be weirder. <laughs> it would be weird. So I, I, I'm still trying to figure out the whole thing here because when we first met Unis, famously portrayed by uh, James Earl Jones in the previous episode that we saw, I thought he was just the one. Like Unis was the name of that individual, but now there's a whole species of Unis. So are they Unises? Are they are they Unai? Unabotus. Now we're in now we're in Grinch it... territory. Yeah, <laughs> because we have to ask. This, it is Christmas Eve, so I have to ask: Is Grinch his name, his species, or his job? That is a very good question. I think the Grinch is on that Q territory where it's all three. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, did you guys see the camera that he left on the on the planet? To yeah, yeah the observation one by the huge. I think it was massive, man. It was <laughs> in a ghillie suit. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's big it just that just reminded me just how old this tv show is they made reference to like having to go and collect the data from these cameras from time to time yeah which is what you would have to do you don't have interstellar mm-hmm. communications uh they've managed to make <laughs> radios work only when the stargate is open so i appreciate that they don't just have like cctv set up live feeding from all of these stargates because technologically that'd be insane <laughs> right yeah that's like star trek level of technology right there the instant interstellar communication yeah that even then yeah. they've got like buoys set up everywhere for communications mm-hmm. to transfer stuff you yeah. know 
it's a whole thing. So really appreciate that. Nice touch. I also in this meeting, I did appreciate Dan Jackson is is distraught because he left the the cliff bar and that was what brought Chaka back. And so it's his fault. He got kidnapped. And O'Neill is just like, I don't I don't care. Yeah, these these aliens kidnapped you. I murdered the first one I ran into. These guys are kind of dicks. The I don't one. care. The first one, first one yeah. as well. Even. Yeah, fuck like the, he, uh, he he murdered their god. <laughs> but he does appeal to the military industrial complex inside of the mall by mentioning <laughs> that this is a pre-industrial civilization that has gold weaponry. That's a problem. Yeah. So the general uh, proves the trip, and that's. I'm wondering if that's General Hammond's thing because he's not really in the rest of this episode. It just, nope, that's it pretty shows much up, it. He just shows up in the intro, and it's a pitch meeting. Where, hey, General, here's our idea for what we're going to do today. And you're yeah. like, you're approved. <laughs> also, yeah. Jafar mentioned, alluded to a little bit, Dan Jackson does say he goes on special extra missions with SG-11 to retrieve the the tapes. And I, I want to ask you guys, does he do other missions with SG-11? Well, hop on her. No, SG-11's sole job is to go collect data. All they do is show up and collect, <laughs> go to cameras on previously established planets. That's their whole Pick gig. up tapes? Yeah. They, they are the blockbuster video return box of the Stargate system. <laughs> I was going to say that the SG-11, there just happens to be a cute nerdy girl on that one. And that's why Daniel Jackson is going along, ah. tagging along with them. Let's <laughs> try to make sure we get a wedding episode in this show. <laughs> I see it. So they go to the planet and we find out that the Unas here are enslaved. And just to really drive the point fucking home, we go over to a slave market where they're selling them and they kill an Unas. Yeah. yeah I feel like there was some kind of allegory being, being portrayed here in this no. episode. I don't know. Oh, I feel like they be... could have been a little more heavy handed with it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just a bit too subtle for me to understand what they were trying to get at here. Uh, I did I did appreciate though that uh so one we get wonderful character actor Larry Drake as our head bad guy chief Unis scumbag seller. yeah yeah chief scumbag and he is like oh hey hospitality is our thing it is it is our custom to offer a drink to travelers and O'Neill's like it is our custom to drink <laughs> and he's just like yeah give me that alien hooch you think he's come a long way from the pilot yeah he learned his lessons for sure He's out there trying as much alien hooch as he can these days. Good for him. Hey, that'd be on I my to-do list. Alien hooch. If I was on an SG team, 100%, that would be the thing I was doing. I would be bringing alien back hooch. weird alien hooches, and I'd have an alien liquor collection sitting on base. That sounds, yeah, having an alien liquor collection. I would only do that if the technology in the universe, if they've gotten to the point where you can clone an extra liver whenever you want. Yeah, because that that's some of that some of that alien hooch has got to be, ooh, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's actually think, a real problem with bringing back any kind of food product from an alien world because that's a good point. Why don't they have a Stargate customs agent at every gate? <laughs> yeah, who's who's checking the 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 trinkets they're bringing back for microbes? Mm. <laughs> yeah, no one. <laughs> that that's why we get our outbreak episode as predicted. <laughs> so yeah, DJ and the Colonel. They approach the traders. They go have a drink. Over this drink, we learn that their world was enslaved by the Gould long ago, and that the Gould were using. And how did they escape? How did they warriors. overthrow them? What What was the event that led them to not being enslaved anymore? Beast uh, Wars. Beast Wars. <laughs> Optimus Primal. We're playing. Freed them. I am so glad that I, I I was worried I was going to be the the nerd of the group who was like Transformers, <laughs> Beast Wars. But no, you guys beat me to it. I'm in good company. <laughs> oh man, I had an Optimus oh, Primal. Nerd I'm all about Beast Wars. Stargate podcast. Watch out. <laughs> Sadly, never got into Beast Wars. I, I'm an OG G1 Transformers fan and Transformers Prime. Without going off of too much of a I, here into Transformers. <laughs> I'm in the weird age group where I was too young for OG Transformers, but too old for Beast Wars. 
<laughs> and so I don't have a like I, I I liked the Transformers, but by the time Beast Wars came out, I was in middle school, coming up on high school. And so for me, it was all like Power Rangers, because that's the thing when I was like in elementary school and and the <laughs> 90s X-Men com- comic, not comic, yes. but a series cartoon, 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 cartoon yeah. based off of Jim Lee's work. Yeah. So it was all that for me. But I do. I'm like aware because I had older cousins who were really into Transformers. So I inherited a bunch of Transformer toys from them. But yeah, it was not it was never my thing specifically, not for any other reason than I missed out on it being popular at the times that it was popular. I just hope that going forward in the new Transformers movies, they keep Ron Perlman as the voice of Optimus Primal. I mean, Ron Perlman should be in everything. That is true. (laughs) But Uh, during this conversation, they reveal that these humans overthrew their their oppressors. It seems like a while ago. And since then, the slaves became, you know, the the slave masters and the slave masters became the enslaved. And but now they uh, are kidnapping new Unis in order to stop the inbreeding that has been apparently happening, which is just like. How how few Unis are there? <laughs> this shouldn't yeah. like this shouldn't be a problem, but okay. I have a lot of well, questions I... about the society. Like, yeah, are these the only humans? What's the rest of this world look like? Yeah, um, I- I'm just assuming that this is the only town on the entire planet. It's one of those planets. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm curious how much time has passed between the Beast Wars and present day. Because if they overthrew them, then that's that would explain I where mean, they got the gold weapons from. Yeah, yeah. That means these each of these individual weapons is like a few hundred years old that they're carrying around. I guess they just pass them down to the family like an heirloom, and we, I guess they never need to be recharged. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean the <laughs> solar power. Um. <laughs> so the thing about this is like the number of humans we see is near equal to the number of unis we see. So. I'm just it's genetically speaking, if very if genetic variation is an issue because of population size and why isn't also a problem for humans, it's just it's very confusing (laughs) to me. I guess there must be multiple towns on the planet if the guy was talking about trading because. Yeah, maybe they're the only one with Unis and they just sell a handful out from time to time. I don't know. Yeah, it's it raises questions. And this town uh, just happens to be settled right next to the Stargate on this planet as well. Well, yeah, Which I would imagine that most planets do have settlements near the Stargate. That would yeah. make sense. It is weird, yeah. though, that it is always far enough away that people don't instantly notice when somebody comes through the Stargate. Oh, yeah, there, they, uh, there is an episode of this show where they go through the Stargate and they're in the middle of a town. Promise. We've actually seen be, it. Yeah. Two episodes ago with the deserters from the, the crackpot guy, the conspiracy theory. Oh, guy. yeah. When they come back, they are in the middle of town. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's blown up. Town, it's blown up town. But, so but it is the yeah. middle of town. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. And so. also, he said that uh, he only knows of one destination with the Stargate. And that's where he goes to round up more Unis, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. And I, I just can't believe that, you know, this society has been built. This town is at least a few hundred years old, that some little kids don't just wander over to the fucking Stargate and just start pressing buttons. Like, well, so he said he do. did that. Yeah. He, he he admitted in the episode that he tried it and he like just kept punching in buttons and couldn't find anywhere. It was just like, oh, OK, we yeah. only know about the one place. We wouldn't be able to get home, though, if they're just punching in random numbers. That's they wouldn't know the point. return code. Dad is a massive plot hole here. Yeah. How do they get home when they they do the thing? I mean, maybe that was passed down from generations as well. Yeah. Like maybe the, the code home. Hmm. Hang on. My dog's begging for food again. Hang on. Come on. Jump, jump. All right. Sit down. Behave. She's getting chonky. I've been giving her too many treats. So, so then we see Teal'c and Captain or Major Carter hiding in the bushes. Mm-hmm. That That's always fun. <laughs> I always appreciate that. And O'Neill tries to trade for Chaka, the Unis they came for. And Barak, our slave trader, is like, okay, fine. Give me two others. And <laughs> it's like, well, this kind of defeats the whole purpose. We were hoping, like, 
some gold or some i don't know <laughs> yeah a, 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 a gun, gun? <laughs> look That's at this watch Ooh. <laughs> trade offer what yeah that's a they should have thought this through a little bit come on daniel jackson smart guy you should have had a plan here you should have just brought some bacon just bring them some fucking bacon they've never had bacon before they'll be like this is amazing you know <laughs> and then you just trade them give me all your hoonies and then you liberate the planet there you go problem solved <laughs> but this is where o'neill and dan jacks start having their conversation that is the episode does not go deeply as as deeply into it as i was hoping about just the interesting ethical ramifications of okay yes we're doing a slavery story here you know we're talking <laughs> hey slavery's bad okay cool i'm on board but then it's they've they've done some stuff that compounds like the the ethical quandaries about it it's like okay if you are a s enslaved people and you overthrow the people enslaving you what are your responsibilities to the people who formerly enslaved you okay what if there are different species involved what if you know you know are you willing to kill people of your own species to liberate a different species that also previously enslaved your species this is something like we could have a whole like two hour round table with some ethicists and it would be like <laughs> we're working through this and we get about two minutes of of two stargate characters talking about it over the course of this episode yeah there's a lot uh i simultaneously wish this episode was a lot more and also a lot less uh, because if it hadn't posed some of these questions, then I wouldn't be as upset about them not following up on them. But there's a lot of stuff where it's just all like, oh, we'll just do this thing. And it's just like, just take it the next step further, please. They're like, oh, we'll just go save Chaka under the cover of night and take him home. Cool. Are you going to destroy the Stargate as well? Because he's got the code for Chaka's home planet. Are you are you actually stopping the problem or are you just saving the dude that you happen to know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. One of those two, is shitty. Two, two points here. And one is that I'd like that they mentioned that they had previously interacted with cultures that were less technologically advanced. So they have some. And they ain't got no prime directive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, yeah, fuck the prime directive. So that's nice. I, I like that they mentioned that. And which reminds me, Dan Jackson that, does say we've interfered with cultures before. So, guys, let's get uh -oh. weird with it. Let's get weird. Hey! Let's get weird with it. <laughs> All right. You went first the last two times, Jafar, so I'll go first on this one. I'm going to say that the last time that they got involved with a planet that was that they interfered with, I'm going to say it was a mobster planet. That oh, they, found, they found a 1940s prohibition planet and and they're they're all yeah they it's run by the mafia and they had but it was a different type of mafia it was gray aliens on on one side controlled half of new york city and on the other side it was the reptilians and they all had the hats and the ties and the tommy guns <laughs> uh i'm gonna go with the all-american classic of arming a people to fight your enemy so they no. find a they find a world that is currently being besieged by Gauld that is in active combat with them and they have like bow and arrow or some shit right like they are not like here's some advanced. stingers and so the, so <laughs> they bring over arms shipments to help them fight that Gauld no soldiers but maybe a little military training and you know point barrel end at bad guy kind of stuff and they just arm the shit out of them just oh well you know the department of homeland security is the world's largest owner of tanks so we're just gonna co-opt some of those that's a true fact by the way and we're just gonna move those over and hmm. yeah can you fit a tank through the stargate you think is it is it wide enough it's a pretty wide it is platform. big enough the ramp isn't yeah you might have to like build a wider ramp at the center like move it yeah, up a bit a circle, so that you're not on the it's bottom. The biggest, yeah, yeah. a circle is biggest at the diameter, so it wouldn't be able to get through the thing at first. So what they would have to do is turn the Stargate on its side 
and then have a crane. Are we, are we saying we're like, going back to Stargate Colon Pit? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the Stargate the Pit, and they just drop some tanks and some Humvees through the thing. I <laughs> I mean, in the up. intro, <laughs> we see a plane fly through a Stargate. Okay, yeah, that is true. But see, it doesn't. It, it goes. It goes the through middle. the set. Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, so, <laughs> there's 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 room to get it. I mean, it depends on the tank, obviously. But they, uh, they need a tank catapult. To just fling tanks through the fucking Sergey. <laughs> I love both of those ideas. My idea is they end up on a planet where there is an evil emperor and he's he's, you know, breaking the backs of the people below him, and they're like, Okay, yeah, we're taking this guy down, right? And like, yeah, evil emperor, cool. And they they help a couple of characters uh overthrow the evil emperor and like, all right, great, we've just defeated the emperor. You guys are all free now. And then everyone they were helping immediately turns on each other and it's not we're free it's i want to be the emperor and <laughs> o'neill and carter and dan jacks and teal have to run away while all the people they were helping have just started murdering each other and they're just like we thought we thought we were doing a nice thing we just like we just did a coup oops <laughs> and ran away whoopsie coup nice no i i did appreciate in this episode when i was first watching it i i got the impression that when the bad guy told them, I'll give you your Unis back, but you have to bring me two in return. I thought this was going to be that they were going to go in that direction. Like they were going to go back and try to find two Unis to bring in. And I'm glad they didn't because that sounds like it would have been a really boring episode. I'm glad that they immediately just went to plan B and was like, no, fuck that. We're going to steal him. <laughs> also, fuck you guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that that's the worst possible thing. Like, oh, well, we'll just grab two. We don't care about. And let yeah. them live like I was getting slave. the impression that I, I was getting the impression that Colonel O'Neill was like, no, we can't interfere with their society. Let's just do this and da, da, da. But I'm glad they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. So they go into the night to rescue Chaka. He tells and they make it a point. They make it a point to say, I think Colonel O'Neill makes it a point to say there are no human casualties. Yeah. Yeah, which it's funny because every time O'Neill's like, we're not killing any humans. And Dan Jackson's like, can I please kill one guy? I'd really like to kill one guy. <laughs> just just one guy that nobody us. likes. Yeah. So they get into the barn and Chaka tells DJ that the other Unis there are all marked for death. He wants to save them all. And the Colonel and Dan get captured. Chaka managed to stash a radio in this kerfuffle. Though. Yeah. And but, so, but during during the during the capture, fucking after O'Neill, this is after O'Neill gives that big speech about no human casualties. He turns around and fucking just caps this guy <laughs> point blank right in the chest, yeah. and he and, and he wasn't even armed. He just snuck up on him from behind. He was like, <laughs> "Don't sneak up on people." I I I I do not react well to being snuck up on. <laughs> I've. I, I have I have swung and hit friends that way because they thought they were being funny and mm -hmm. I did not know what was going on and I, I feel real bad about it. <laughs> I do still, but I've I have surprised punched people and I've been surprised punched in return. So, yeah, yeah, I've, I've done that when people try to wake me up in a real sudden way. That's yeah, that just that, yeah, like, no, 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 don't don't fuck with people while they're asleep. It's, yeah. You're just asking for trouble um i used to do that back in like the early 20s when we'd get drunk and stupid but anyway do that anymore so they update carter over this radio the unis interact and daniel puts some pieces together hey maybe they're intelligent like you know one learned language maybe you know just like it astounds me that people and i don't know if this is just more prevalent in the 90s or if it's just people and my friend circle and I'm sheltered. I don't understand people who think that animals aren't sentient in some regard. Like clearly all animals are alive in some regard to me. Like mm -hmm. they, they clearly have brains that operate and think they, they might not be particularly self-aware or intelligent, but mm -hmm. they're definitely alive. <laughs> I've met some pretty dumb animals in my day, though. But then again, I've met some pretty even dumb dumber people. humans. So. Yeah. <laughs> I did like during yeah. this radio so, call, though. Oh, all right. I oh, did I like during this radio. Share. Oh, gosh darn it. Okay, go <laughs> ahead, Vic. You go yeah. first. You go first. I insist. Okay. I did like during this radio call that Carter was just like, yeah, uh, the bunch of goons came and you wouldn't let me shoot them. 
So, so you guys are screwed. Like I could have, I could have iced all these fools. They were walking through an alleyway, like in a bunch, and I got a machine gun. I could have killed all these guys, but no. Getting, now somebody's in a cage. I was getting big major Kira vibes from Carter in that scene. She, she was yeah. all just like, "Well, yeah, I could have shot them, but no." You <laughs> said no human casualties. <laughs> Yeah, just hanging out in fireball awesome. formation, just asking for it. So we, we get this further development of the Unas. They all understand freedom and desire to have it. Unis. Which I think was part of it. Dan Jackson was like, the the Unas here, like, we don't know their culture. We don't know, like, them, you know, do we, you know, you don't want to, like, thrust a revolution on on people who, like, don't want it. But at the same time, like this whole episode, all I'm hearing is John John Brown's body playing the entire time. And I'm just like, his soul is marching on. Just like, come on, free them, free them. Like, come on. Free them. <laughs> Fucking free them. The Unas that are all to be killed pledge themselves to Chaka. Meanwhile, a boy comes in whose father was hurt. I'm pretty sure that was the guy that O'Neill shot yeah. right in the face. <laughs> Is is the that point of random. this to try and make us feel sympathy for the slave owners? I think it's that as well as to show that the one Unis who is the boy's caretaker, when they try and be mm. like, hey, freedom, he looks back, he's just like, he and had so, human <laughs> eyes, not Unis eyes. Did you catch that? No. What what are you talking about? That huh? that what? Unis. So the Unis have like contacts for like their eyes, right? That make yeah. their pupils a bit different, and they've got kind of like a weird iris thing going on. That Unis, who was the caretaker, had straight up human eyes. Didn't have contacts. Creepy, in. very creepy implications there. I don't. I don't <laughs> think it was a like. I don't think it was a genetic choice in costuming to like be all like, oh well, there's half human hybrids or something. I think <laughs> they it, probably just ran out of contacts. I, I'm guessing they ran out of contacts, <laughs> or they were trying to show that maybe this is like a, a more subtle way to be all like there are Unis that are integrated into their society a bit more, but there's all kinds of other stuff there as well that frankly, as a white dude in America, I don't feel qualified to talk about. <laughs> so I'm not going to get into it, but it is stuff worth learning about and doing your research on and knowing things about our history for. Well, and you fair. Just a reminder, de depending on where in America you are, your whiteness changes. Like when we're at TSA, you're not white. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my life. Yeah, for sure. But <laughs> but as as one of three dudes on a podcast, I am white. So that's just how it goes. I don't make the rules. The I thought it was kind of random that the, the the boy showed up. I was like, what the? And then we never see him again in this episode. That was very strange. I wonder if they just needed filler to. It's it is it, it, it it's awkward. I think it's supposed to be awkward. I think they, this episode, what they're really trying to do is make this this whole thing as morally gray and complicated as possible and leave you with no real good questions. Because like the next scene we get, Burak comes in. And he's just like, hey, you're going to tell me a bunch of other locations. You're going to like give give us the information so we can like go and explore the rest of, you know, the places. And they they you know, start pushing back on him about the slavery. And he's just like, would it have been better if we genocided them? What would that have been better? Uh, and it's like, well, no, but slavery isn't good. Uh, it's, you know, you didn't, you know, that doesn't justify the thing you're doing. And you're also actively uh, trying to get information so that you can go enslave people who are not descended of the people that enslaved you. So your yeah. whole moral <laughs> high ground argument there is shot to shit. Fuck off, dude. Not that you had any moral high ground enslaving anyone in the first place. Just say it explicitly. Fuck that guy. Yeah. And he said all th all of the Unis in that stable were all marked for death. Yeah. Yeah, I just, well, I just, just realized just it just hit me. It, it just hit me. It's like, bro, this is your business. Like, what are you doing? You're, <laughs> why are you, you're, you're, what the, that made no sense to me. I just, just now I realized like all of them. I guess maybe if he has more stables, that's got to be it. Well, it was just Otherwise, the three in that particular barn. Yeah. And I guess he is going to go back to the planet and go get more. So 
Yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. So, and did you guys notice? Maybe I just didn't notice this before, but when he was torturing O'Neill for information, he just stuck the Jaffa stick into the keyhole in the jail cell. And well, so it was to the glow. the chain. They were the chained to a chain. chain that was connected to the bars, and so he was touching oh, the okay. the chain, and so whatever lightning zap traveled across the chain and then zapped him. I did appreciate that at least O'Neill, when he was being a dick, got zapped this time, unlike <laughs> when they were on the last planet. But both both O'Neill and Dan Jacks get zapped, and the Unis are like, hey, stop that. And so Burrook kills one of the Unis, and he's just like, hey, I'm going to come back here, kill one of these Unis every day. You don't tell me where we're going. And he figures out how to use a P90 pretty damn quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't know how to reload it. But yeah, that was odd. <laughs> if you handed me a musket, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be able to figure out how to fire that fucking thing anytime soon. But I have seen enough. I have seen enough sci-fi that I'm fairly sure that if you handed me a laser gun, I'd have no problem figuring that shit out. <laughs> Just writing a sorry novella over there. <laughs> sorry, I'm back now. All right. Uh... So Teal'c and uh, Carter arrive back at the barn, and then we see. Uh, Dan Jax has gone full, like, we're, we're going to, to free all the Unis and kill everyone on our way out, because screw these guys. Uh, but uh, they keep running into this this problem where, uh, for some reason, they don't leave any guards in the barn with the the prisoners. And it's just like, <laughs> come on. Mm -hmm. uh, but Carter yeah. and Teal'c set us up the bombs. They blow up. <laughs> they, they start a big explosion in the middle of town. And then blow up all the water supply so they can't put the fire out. And it's just like, you just you just burned yeah. this whole town down, guys. <laughs> no survivors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just bombs. Like, why would you say a distraction when it's just a fucking bomb? <laughs> I feel like the uh the effects department had a had a surplus this episode. Like they just needed to use <laughs> they like they needed to use all their all their Got their pyrotechnics <laughs> before the expiration date. They're like, guys, we got to use these, man. <laughs> they're, they're all left over from last season. We didn't use them in the finale. They were backups. Let's just get them out it's, there and blow some shit up. It's at the end oh. of their fiscal year, and they, if they need, they got to use them all up before they can order anymore. <laughs> yeah, and but GM we do get my finally favorite. finally having us tear down the soundstage from Rawhide. Let's just blow your shit up. <laughs> but we do get my favorite trope in sci-fi and adventure movies and everything. The bit where, so our heroes and their Unis have, friends have broken out. They are running into the woods to get to the Stargate. And one goon comes like out of the woods and points his stick at them. And they all point their guns back at him. And he's just like, yeah, nope, no, nope, screw nope, this. Drops his gun and like leaves. And I'm just like, yes. I love it when we get yeah. a goon who's just like, no, I'm not dying for, for this. this. Fuck this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm just a contractor, man. I'm out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I really appreciated that after... After Carter was, she stunned all the bad guys that she went over and picked up their snazers and was mm -hmm. like, nope, nope, nope. You can't have these. Yeah, not for it. <laughs> and she has like, like three of them. She's holding in her arms. Like, <laughs> all right, let's go. <laughs> they make it back to the Stargate. They catch up with Teal'c along the way. And they notice there's like, hey, there were a bunch of dudes here. So they spring the trap that's waiting for them at the Stargate. They kill Burrock and others. And Chaka reveals that he had never intended to leave. And that he was just helping nope. SG-1 escape, but he is going to stay <laughs> and lead a revolution here. Yeah. yeah, and they hand him a bunch of guns. A bunch of... It's <laughs> bunch the American of way. Weapons. <laughs> yeah, we end this episode with them handing uh, a bunch of inbred reptiles, <laughs> a bunch of laser weapons, and saying, go have fun. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, Brooke doesn't just get killed. He gets, like, wounded and is, like, down on the ground. And Chaka just comes up and double taps him. Like, it's just like, Hell okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, and this is like, I, I love when our sci-fis are like distinctly different. Because if this is a Star Trek episode, this ends with like mm -hmm. a big conversation. And there are humans involved where they're like, there's a like a token human who's like, yeah, I don't like slavery, but it's the way. And like, mm -hmm. you know, I'd change it if I could, but I don't have the authority to do that. And like it would be like, hey, we took out your boss, and now you're in a place to change things, and you can work with the Unis, and like maybe you guys can live all simpatico. And here it's just like, oh no, a bunch of people are gonna die, and this is not gonna be pretty. 
like n- nothing good is happening out of this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely get, getting that vibe from SG one. And I, I like that about this show that they don't do the typical like, yeah, like you said, if this was an episode of of Star of Star Trek or what's another good sci fi, they do this a lot in Supernatural and other TV shows where at the end of the episode, they have a wrap up where they talk about the, the moral here and 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 they're or, or they're in the, the conference room on the enterprise and they're talking about what happened and and they they left the society better off than when they found it now in sg1 they're just like we're going home fuck this we're out <laughs> and they do an irish goodbye and leave the burning planet behind them and go home <laughs> like i i i like that <laughs> well but this also raises yeah. a question of like they found at this point we've We've just been jumping around, but we found a whole bunch of planets with humans on them. But it doesn't seem like they go back. And it's just like, why are we not like sending people back and forth, coordinating everyone, every human across the galaxy is threatened by the Gauld. Like if we had like outposts on 30 different planets where we're like, hey, let's all work together. We'll like. We'll teach you guys medicine and stuff and any cool tech you've got, you send it back to us and we'll trade and like we'll organize. We'd be better off than if it's just a bunch of guys inside a mountain in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, that kind of reminds me back to the original premise for the whole SG-1 thing that, you know, it does kind of make sense now because originally they started the whole SG program to find other races that could potentially help them fight the ghoul. But so far, just from the episodes we've seen, none of them are really all that advanced. So they're like, like, do you, so they just go, they go in, they find another civilization and they're like, Hey, do you guys got big guns? Nope. All right. Next. Do you guys have big guns? Nope. Next. <laughs> but they should at least go back to Thor planet, you know, and but I assume they the do a ton of weapons. No, no. Cause remember that was a prediction and we never, that one was confirmed by our Oh, well, I'm, anyway, I mean, I'm not maybe not so. that planet particular, but planets that the Asgardians are on. Yeah. But yeah, it's like we show up to a place one time. Like, mm. okay. Make a fucking mess on, <laughs> and then split. Yeah. Okay. So we leave off. So uh, O'Neill's not pleased about unleashing war. But yeah, it's not their choice to make. So they just peace. And that's the episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that about SG-1. They just do the Irish goodbye, go back to the gate, <laughs> move on. And that's the episode. So I'm going to roll some dice and uh, let's see how far ahead we're going. And then we can review our predictions and see what, where our scores are at. Let's hear them dice roll. Oh, big roll. <laughs> that's a 22. Woo! Critical hit. <laughs> that's That's a season. That's exactly a season. Yeah. That's a 22 episode seasons. <laughs> so if this was season five, episode seven, we'll be watching season six, episode seven next. Oh, but before we do that, before we do that, let's make some predictions. Shall we? Well, let's go over our previous. Yeah. All right. Let me check in with the research lab here. Oh, yeah. I'm getting the results handed to me just now. Open them up. All right. And actually I have a correction from our last round of predictions. Oh, no. Yeah. Ben, you had predicted that at least two Babylon 5 actors make an appearance, and I originally said no, but I have went back and I found out that we actually do have two Babylon 5 actors who make right. an appearance in SG-1. Uh, yeah. One how of minor? Is, you know what? Just they are actually just relevant enough for this to count. Okay. I feel like... The first one was Marshall R. Teague. I'm not going to tell you who he plays in SG-1. I'm, I'm not looking at that. But in Babylon 5, he played Talon. And oh, okay. Bruce Gray is is the second one. And he played the interrogator on the episode where Sheridan was kidnapped. Eh, do one-offs count? That The interrogator totally counts. He's <laughs> in one episode. He doesn't even make but, it out but, of that episode. But he was in that episode. Like, that episode was about him. You know, I mean, it was about Sheridan, but the, the interrogator, I, I say it counts. I, I think Ben, <laughs> I think Ben's intention at the time of prediction was for 
main subcast reoccurring guest stars. Like if Naroon, I think Naroon is probably the lowest level character I would accept. Like someone who's in like five <laughs> episodes. Well, hold on one second, because I'm pretty sure the interrogator was in two episodes because that interrogation lasted. No, it's uh, just one episode. One. No, you know, he dies was... by the end of it. No, because because it bleeds over to the to the next episode, like at the beginning. That's what except it's a different interrogator. Different interrogator. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I still I still think he's important. Oh. <laughs> you would. And Talon definitely counts. Yep, it says on IMDb two episodes. Then he's the guy who's not the interrogator in that episode because he's the well, guy it who says takes listed. Yeah, but there's two interrogators. That means he's the interrogator yeah. who takes over and is in 30 seconds of the end of that episode and then 30 seconds of the beginning of the next episode. But it's still two episodes. <laughs> All right, folks, get in the comments. Let me know. <laughs> Don't you Ryan Lee <laughs> Mulligan me here? Yeah, get let's, in let's the comments. Leave, let's leave it up to the crowd. We'll I already changed in. my scores, so it doesn't yeah, it's, it's written in pen. Say, got... You can't change it again. I'm out of space on the page. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Yeah. All right. All right. I'm 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 at so that you know, pending the outcome of, of, of this debate, Ben is at 17, Jafer, you're at 15, and I am at 14. So it's a close game. Go. Let's go over the, I have the results pulled up from last week right here. I had them. Facebook just refreshed. Hang on. Okay. Did you get a chance to talk to the gatekeeper as well? So she uh, is out for holiday season. And also she, she texted me and told me she had to take a break from listening to our podcast because she was triggered by the fact that I keep mispronouncing Cherie's name. <laughs> I think it's, I, I even forgot. I wrote it down. I can't remember if it's Cherie or Cherie. I don't know. Okay. But I think it's, I think I keep saying Cherie and she was like, apparently that irritated the fuck out of her. that She had to stop listening. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll get well back. Done. You know. Great. I, I canceled one of our listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, who had, who had the prediction of Marty returns? I did. I think. Okay. So I got a confirmation that yes, he does in fact return. And apparently it's in, in quote, epically he returns. So the SG one team gets kidnapped at least 20 more times. I'm definitely giving. Yeah. That one guy. It's been every episode. This episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that how many episodes have we done so far? Seven or eight? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's about that. And they've been captured in six of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at least six of them. So yeah. 14 votes. That's a correct. And you, was this also yours? There's a heist casino episode. Yes. So my the 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 guess was there is a heist episode and there is a casino episode. A bonus point if it is a heist in the casino. In the casino. So there is a heist episode. There is not a casino episode, but uh, there is a casino episode in Stargate Atlantis. Apparently, so. does not count. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> It, Which doesn't make any sense to me because SG-1, I would have figured they must have because they're in fucking Cheyenne Mountain, which is a short drive from Vegas. Yeah. So, but <laughs> apparently there's a casino episode in Atlantis that takes place on another fucking planet or another dimension. I don't know how that works. All I know is they're not on Earth in Atlantis. So okay. That's strange. So, yeah, Ben, you ran the table again. Three out well, of no, three. I no, I didn't because... The, in order to get that last one, there would have had to have been an SG-1 casino episode. Or but there was a heist episode. Yes. Yeah. But my, so my the, prediction was that there that was there a, heist a heist episode and a casino episode. Yes. Oh, Both okay. needed to be true. Got it, it. You know, that's why it's prime time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, so next, these are... These are yours next year, Fair. Yeah. They find a human civilization with technology on par with the gold. With 11 votes, we're going to say that's confirmed. All right. As well as only three votes for the planet killer, but that seems pretty likely. I mean, come on. How are you going to have a sci-fi show? I would be shocked if there's not a planet killer, but I guess we'll wait for the gatekeeper to get back to us from holiday on pending pending the gatekeeper. Yeah. Pending. Yeah. And they find a late 19th century, late, early 17th. Yeah, whatever. You get that one too. (laughs) This is astounding to me because it doesn't make sense. The the Stargate was buried on Earth during this time. So for these people to be a Wild West planet, 
they must have developed exactly the same, like independently, independently. Own, like yeah. it's, it's boggling to me. Uh, that's why I put this at prime time <laughs> is because we knew the Stargate was buried on earth at this point. And so there should yeah. not be a world like this, according to the universe's lore. It's contradictory. Well, um, so I love it. Maybe I'm here for it. There's something, maybe there's something about wagons and cowboy hats. That's the same. They have the same DNA as the crabs. Yeah. like that's is a non-negotiable part of your evolution you have to go through the cowboy phase all right well that will bring me up to 19 points let's see okay yeah then moving on to mine i predicted that an sg1 member has to fight to the death in a duel that got five votes that seems likely so that's only one point so i'm gonna give myself that one and there's an outbreak episode that one got nine votes, so that looks like confirmed as well. And and holy shit, I ran. I think I ran the table on this one. Pending, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for confirmation on the duel to the death. But I mean, come on, there's no way Teal doesn't have a duel to the death. Oh yeah, it happens. It, ha- it happens. Yeah. And a mirror universe episode with 14 votes, 18 percent of the entire the entire voting score. I dude. Once we're done, I'm finding that fucking Mirror Universe episode, and Jesus Christ, I hope Daniel Jackson has a goatee (laughs) in the Mirror Universe episode. So that puts me at, so, two, five, so I'm at 19 now, apparently. Possibly 20, pending the outcome. Uh, Jaffer, what's your total again? Uh, 19, possibly 21, pending Angela. Yeah. And Ben, you ran the table, so you are at... You're at I'm at 20. 20? 20, okay, because yeah, I did 20, not yeah, get the yeah, point we'll, for the prime time. That's right. That's right. All right. So, okay, that brings us to our total so far. Let's make some new predictions. All right. Who's ready to go? I got mine. <laughs> Do you guys need a minute? I got mine as well. So my daytime is, so this show ran for 10 seasons, right? I think this set a, a record for, at the time anyway, for American science fiction television. For how long it ran yeah as so, an individual show there is mm-hmm. no way they locked down this whole cast for 10 years just i don't think it oh. i don't think it happened so i think the team is going to get a new member for at least a season of this show just like it seems like it's got to happen at some point there's gonna we're gonna tune into an episode and there's gonna be someone else who's at the table and we don't recognize them and they're just going to be integrated I don't know that we'll see them again in another one, but I think I'm going to say team new team member lasts a season. First you want. Okay. So we get as Yeah, we get as or we something. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, I don't think you're a TV show starting in the late nineties, running through the two thousands like this without attempting a season long arc. Everything we've seen so far is very monster of the week. So I'm going to say there is a season where at least half of the episodes are tied into a primary arc. We'll, we'll say more, that's your... more than half. So if it's a 22 episode season, 12 of the episodes have to be tied to a single story. It could be a giant 12 part to be continued thing that they do. <laughs> it could be sp- broken up over the course of the 22 episodes. So you get your season finale that way. I'm not going to get that specific with it, but more than half of the episodes in a season are main plot related to that season, not just random monster of the week unrelated. Okay. And that's your, that's your prime yep. time prediction. And then, okay. or that's my evening prediction. Evening, right. Sorry. My prime time prediction <laughs> is where we have not seen the last of Chaka and he is coming back Ooh, so- with friends. Very specifically, <laughs> the next time we see Chaka, he will have revolutionary buddies with him. Chaka gets a promotion. <laughs> oh, man. I want to see Chaka and General Hammond sit down and, and figure out some strategy. He's, yeah, he's going to be sitting there speaking English the whole deal. Like, yeah. He's, he's going to have a beret. And a <laughs> he will have made, Viva la revolucion! He will have made his own pants. If we had a merch <laughs> store... If we had a merch store, <laughs> if we could make a, a Chaka Shea t-shirt. <laughs> Do we Chaka. know that that doesn't exist? I'm it, I'm sure it, it does to. not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So, ben, you want to go or should I go? 
I will go because my daytime prediction is in direct conflict with Jafar's prime time. Oh, I'm sweet. going to say we never find out what happened with this revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's they might, significantly they might men- more likely. <laughs> yeah. They might mention that the revolution happened, but we never find out the consequences. Nice. I think that that is that is part of the they were writing an episode to be as like difficult and ambiguous as possible as it can be with like yes slavery bad and I think that part of the ambiguity is we never know how it turns out. I would love if they go back to the planet and it's just polar opposite like all the humans are being traded like cattle at auction <laughs> and the Unas like, are in charge again. Come on man <laughs> like <laughs> like damn it guys. <laughs> nice. My evening prediction, Teal'c fights ninjas. Hell yeah. <laughs> Teal'c fights ninjas. I, I don't know that for sure happens. I want it to that. happen. <laughs> and my primetime prediction, there is an episode at one point where our SG-1 crew gets captured by an incredible, incredibly primitive alien plant on a uh, primitive alien planet and they spend the entire time incredulous like guys we're better than this how did this happen like we're fighting like super space aliens how did we get captured by guys with sticks Uh has that already happened though i think that that kind of happened this episode (laughs) well they they had no they have they have alien weapons i just like i i'm imagining like they fall into a pit trap somewhere and just like guys with spears and they're just like Oh, come on. We're better than this. Come on. <laughs> yep. Okay. I'm, I'm going right. to say we need the moment of self-recognition for that prediction to count. Oh, yes. Just, that is yeah. that is the important thing is, is there their bit where they're just like, they have the Obi-Wan did, line, like, wait a minute, did, we're smarter than this. <laughs> exactly. We smarter than this. It's writing it down so I remember. We smarter than this. For your, what was I going to say? Teal fights ninjas. Oh, yeah, for your Teal fights ninjas prediction. You want to just leave it at that? Just Teal fights ninjas? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm over here thinking, I'm like, ooh, what kind of alien ninjas, robot ninjas? But no, nah, just ninjas. We'll leave it ambiguous. So, so for my predictions, so for my breakfast prediction, <laughs> I'm going to say that Carter gets a love interest and a bonus point if it makes, well, it's got to be a guarantee, but it, it, it makes O'Neill jealous. There's no way we go this entire this entire show, you know, without there being some sexual tension between O'Neill and Carter. That has to happen. Okay. And for my lunchtime prediction, I'm going to say that at some point they're they're in trouble, and for whatever reason they can't dial home, or they can't remember the. For some reason they can't dial back to Earth, so they're in trouble, and they just have to punch random buttons. And they and the SG team gets trapped on a planet somewhere that they dialed randomly. <laughs> okay. And for my primetime prediction, I'm going to say the Stargate gets stolen at some point. <laughs> <laughs> that is some effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like somebody steals the fucking Stargate. I don't know if it's the gold or actually, I'm going to say it's probably some human corporation. They go in and they steal the fucking Stargate and they want to, I don't know, sell it on the black market or something. But yeah, that'd be awesome if they just wake up, they're having their coffee, they're coming to work, and they're like, hey guys, something different about this place. <laughs> the Stargate's just missing. <laughs> a big old empty room. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got the episode description pulled up here. We've got season six, episode seven, Shadow Play. Yes. SG-1 receives a delegation from Jonas's home planet. The leader of the delegation <laughs> tells SG-1 that peace on his planet is threatened by a non-aggression pact between two rival powers. Mm. The fuck? Jafar, what the hell is what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? I'd like to live just long enough to be there when they cut off your head and stick it on a pike as a warning to the next 10 generations that some favors come with too high a price. I want to look up into your lifeless eyes and wave like this. You said that season seven? Season six. Season six, episode, episode seven. seven. All right, let me bookmark that. Oh my freaking god! Jesus Christ! Should I should I say it? Should I say it? Yeah. Well, I have to say it because it's right there. Dean Stockwell was on the thumbnail pick for this episode. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh fun! God damn it! 
I, mean, I know, right? It's if, another if I just one. said Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> I would have it. Sir, it's going to be our second Cylon we get. <laughs> oh, man, that's good stuff. What's clipping, Ben? <laughs> All right. Well. Well, that's been fun. That's been fun indeed. I'm, I'm mad. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> I'm still mad about Ripe not getting the Grammy nomination for Best Rock Album. So we'll just have to thank that them is... instead. Thank you, Ripe, for letting us use Goon Squad as our theme music really appreciate it really dig the song thank you so much and a thank you to dmt research lab all you members that are helping out and thank you angela i hope you return to the podcast soon i hope i haven't scared you off for good (laughs) (laughs) and thank you to annette lucina for your photograph of a tv that you have uh, licensed under creative commons that we've used for our podcast artwork thank you for making free art so we can make free art and we will see you next time on last time on on. all right yeah the goon squad